Hey everyone, uh, it's Cody. Just wanted to pop in here real quick before we get started with the show. We are obviously a Twilight podcast. While we love the things that we talk about and we love the show that we do and try to be fun, we are also not afraid to be critical of the source material and especially of the harmful implications, uh, especially in terms of native representation. Uh, so we wanted to kind of spotlight the Quillet Tribes uh, fundraiser that they're doing right now. They're raising money to help their schools in their area for flooding. Uh, due to like severe climate change. We also donated the price of basically a couple of Midnight Sun books. If we influence you buying a copy and supporting Stephanie directly, there's obviously no shame in that because that is kind of our whole business. But if you have the money to spare and you want to send a couple bucks to the Quillette tribe, we would really appreciate it. And that stuff will also be in the description of this episode. Uh, so thank you and enjoy the show. Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. that is flowing through my body right now is sad it's honestly all. a bit scary <laughs> <laughs> and, and it makes me too powerful some might say yeah i don't know what's gonna happen uh but i am afraid if i was not if half of my side was not more, like fucked up right now more than sure. usual i feel like i would have immense power like i could throw a tree right now <laughs> And now I can't, but in my mind, I can. Right, in my mind's eye. <laughs> it's so fucked up. Anyways, welcome to Into the Twilight. Welcome. Where we... And we're back to Twilight. I know, what the so, fuck? Like, literally, um, it's been three years. So... We're back to our roots, first of yes. all. Yes, yes. Um, we're but... home. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, finally, Stephanie Meyer brought us in, because if she was cold, we're cold. Uh yeah. <laughs> There's so much to talk about today, but first of all, Cody, how the hell are you doing? I am... The energy is weird, I will say. I agree. It's an interesting space, but I feel like we're right where we need to be. I'm excited. I will say my happy thing this week is there's a raccoon on Twitter who finger paints. (laughs) Sure. And it's... That's it. And it's just really... I'm gonna... I'm gonna... I'm going to prop an image up in their doc because it's Please. important. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it I just need like you to appreciate I'm, this. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> um, it seems like from what you are describing that Twitter got jealous of frog TikTok. Yes. And they were like, we need to bring our monster. <gasps> oh my God. Like, the the pure serotonin on his face in number three, like, I, how can I get there? You know? Like, how do I do that? How do I Why? feel that? I'm like... <laughs> See, I heard you doubt me when I brought this up, but look at, hear the joy in your heart right now. Why am I literally crying? <laughs> what the fuck? It is incredibly wholesome, um, and I am obsessed with it. This raccoon is holding its painting and is smiling, and I didn't know that raccoons could smile. Yeah, it's really, you can tell it's proud, you know? 
of what it's done. It's got a tiny little easel. It's so cute. One day I would like to be as proud of something. Right. (laughs) This is is me just, like, showing my parents my, like, shitty art that's on the fridge. Being like, look. (laughs) Look at this. The macaroni noodles are already falling off because we used silver glue. Yeah. It's like. Oh, my God. I did a thing. Can I get prints? Of this, this is I've oh never God. felt so like immediately happy in my whole life, and oh, I'm yeah. kind of unused to it. Like it, it feels unfamiliar. <laughs> Anyways, that is I'm. So, thank you for bringing that to this space. Of first course, of, all. of course. How are you uh, doing, my dude? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. I just found a macaroni noodle in my bra, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> how on brand? <laughs> I know. Um, I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm going to explode at any minute. Like, <laughs> right. I, <laughs> um, it's been quite some time, I'll say that, since I've had such magnificent lows and highs happening at the same time. Like, sure. on yeah. one end, um, I'm incredibly excited that we have new Twilight content to talk about. Yeah. On the other hand, I feel like, in anticipation for that, my body fell apart. Which, <laughs> right. And if y'all have been listening for a while, or if you caught up, you might remember that this usually happens. Like, I, I have mentioned before that I am I am not great at just, like, existing in this world. I'm quite clumsy. Y'all might remember when I fell on ice a couple yeah. of years ago. <laughs> at least spiritually cursed to just have a <laughs> fucked up body forever. Yeah, my shoulder, I don't know what I did. Um, I'm just, like, too strong, too powerful. Uh, <laughs> needed to be brought down karmically. Uh, so that's where I'm at. But I, yeah, I feel like I'm going to burst. I'm so excited to have new content to talk about with Stephanie. It's hard to put it into words how frustrated I am with her. Um, while at the same time, like, am tied to her in this awful right. way that Spiritually we bound. Yeah. <laughs> So when we have our current events talk about today, and then we have quite a few questions, so I appreciate you all bringing those into the space. The first thing that we need to talk about is yesterday, as of us recording this, um, Midnight Sun is out, which means that the Midnight Sun playlist... She's live. ...is out, and it's here, and I... I should know better by now. (laughs) I should know better by now than to assume that it would be good. I don't know. Right. um, Listen, I will defend Map of the Problematique and nothing else on this playlist. Maybe Nine Inch Nails. Maybe Nine Inch Nails too. But that's, everything else is very typical emo heartthrob Stephanie Meyer flair. It just... Her nerve, yeah, her the nerve that this woman has, and like God forbid, Spotify's algorithm when they see this woman, like I can't oh my imagine God. what her daily mixes look like because this playlist, and we'll get into it a little bit further on, but just like for context, as we're describing this, the first two chapters, we got some nine inch nails, yeah, we got the classic Debussy, uh, <laughs> Debussy, <laughs> and then like to I. It just makes me so angry. Like, how dare you? How dare you put one of these compositions on here that's 12 minutes long? Yeah. Ma'am? Hello? <laughs> and these don't even, these don't even feel like they're actually set up, like, per chapter. No. Or th- chronologically in this book, it's more like, 
There's no flow here. There is no flow. There's no flow. And as someone who I, and I imagine most of us were like this, um, who carefully curated mixed CDs and burned them for my friends, and the order of that was crucial, Mm -hmm. to see this is just a slap in the face. (laughs) Like, how dare you? How dare you follow up? Claire de Lune with a Linkin Park song. That's like the whiplash, the utter whiplash you would get if you just listen to this all the way through. Yeah. Insane. Also, can we talk about the fact that this Motion City soundtrack song is a new song? Quote unquote new song. song. Quote unquote new song. Because it was originally for Twilight, because like all those bands basically at that time were like, we gotta get up on Twilight, besides My Couple Romance, even though Stephanie was like, (laughs) please God. And they're like, fine, I guess. But everyone else is like, I gotta get in there, let me in there. And Motion City Soundtrack was one of them, and they did this song called Crooked Ways, and it was too Edward POV, I guess. And so she was like, no, no, not this time. Not this time. But look who's back. Your time will come in fucking 12 years. (laughs) It's gonna be your time, baby. I hate it. So, Chris, I think last year... I, I'm pretty sure it was last year when it, but Motion City Soundtrack came to Seattle and oh my Chris saw them. <laughs> Wait, well, last he year he saw them? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure. I he might I might be completely slandering him right now. Sure. But the last time that he saw Motion City Soundtrack in concert, and I know that it was recently, because I swear yeah. to God that he went to see them, he said that Motion City Soundtrack during their set had said that they had like signed with a vampire, or, like, not even a vampire, but they had signed with a YA novel, mm-hmm. and they had played some of that music at the concert he was at. And oh so God. when he saw this, he was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this? This is what you were talking about? They were dropping exclusive content. Yeah. Oh, my god! I will need to get... I will need to confirm that with my one source here, but I do know that sure. that existed at some point, and that is buck wild yeah. to me. I love that. I love that. Speaking of buck wild things, um, Stephanie Meyer. So Stephanie Meyer. Um, <laughs> yes, was she's still here. <laughs> um, was interviewed by the New York Times, of course, um, since Midnight Sun came out. And I don't want to go through all of the interview questions that she got, but one of them in particular really is haunting me. They had asked, like, so, why, why now? Stephanie, why did you publish this now? And honest to God, the first thing that Stephanie Meyer said was, because I finished it. Ma'am? Hello? Haunting. Like, are you kidding? What? Are you kidding me? Out of all this time, I swear to God, and we will confirm this as we start reading it, I, this feels like she wrote it in 2008. Absolutely. I don't believe that for a second. No. <sighs> Anyways, it just... Why? Why? I have questions. And I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy that it's out now. We have new content. It's, like, mm, right. relevant. But also, Stephanie, don't look at a journalist and just flat out lie like that, please. Right. <laughs> How dare you? Have some integrity. <laughs> for real, though. I do love, too, that she gets asked... Um, if she plans to rewrite the entire series from Edward's POV, and she is like, absolutely no fucking way. (laughs) Like, don't even think about it. And that's, okay, so we'll just, like, get into it. Sure. Because 
That feels like a fucking lie to me. It does. Because... I, mm, I don't <laughs> think... Mm, I think she will probably inevitably end up doing it. Because there's a lot of financial incentives. There's a lot Absolutely. of incentives. Right? There's a lot of things that you... That, you know, she could cash in on that. I do think that it does feel real that she hates writing this in some part of her. And, like, there is this very weird... And also, which we'll get into with the analysis, like, this is a very anxious book. Oh, absolutely. Very I mean, it's POV. Edward. Right. Right? It's, he's a Gemini. He's a blushing bride. He's right. a virgin. And she's like, been talking about, from all this, like, press leading up to the release, being like, I don't like being in Edward's head because he's a fucking, like, <laughs> ridiculous person. And, like, it yes. makes me anxious. And I'm anxious or whatever. Um, so I totally get why she would maybe not want to. I think that she will inevitably do it, though. You, no one can convince me, and I have no truth to this other than just my personal viewing, but you mm-hmm. cannot convince me that when she decided to email her literary agent and her <laughs> publishing team and yeah. was like, hey, so I'm going to just release this now, that they did not sign her up for a four-book contract. Because one of the things that we had talked about was, like, and one of the predictions I wholeheartedly thought was that the Mm -hmm. reason why this was double the amount of Twilight was because she was going to go into the other books. Right. And she doesn't. (laughs) So, and I, like, I'm convinced that there's no reason other than the fact that she doesn't like doing it. But it is such a financial gain for them to put these out. I mean, they, I don't... I assume that they would look at what E.L. James did, because E.L. James saw that leaked version 12 years ago and was like, oh, hell yeah, I'll just do that too. And those have worked out financially for her team. So why would she not put out the original source material? I have questions. Stephanie, don't be a liar, is all I have to tell you. I just... I feel it in my bones, and it's unfortunate, (laughs) because I don't want to feel anything in my bones about (laughs) Stephanie Meyer anymore. But I have to. Yeah. Can we, for a real quick detour, talk about Stevie Nicks? Just, like, really quickly. Just, like, a real quick check-in on Miss Stevie any, Nicks. Has anyone checked in with her? Like, did Stephanie Meyer send her an early copy of this so she could get started <laughs> on new music? I just need to know. Like, is she okay? Like, has she been conjured? Has she been summoned? Did did someone send a, a dove to her house with this Has anyone like, seen Stevie Nicks lately? <laughs> is Stevie Nicks just in the Olympic Peninsula? Can I see Stevie Nicks from my apartment right now? <laughs> is she just in the forest, just, like, living? Yeah, she's living in a tree, writing some songs. Well, I hope that a little wood nymph drops this book off to her, because if it inspired her, if the previous books inspired her to make music, Lord knows that this anxious book will. Yeah, oh my god. If we I'm sure we're going to get an album. This <laughs> is a full and twilight. Honestly, like it I one I would hope so. Like that would make my entire day. But yeah. also, what an affront to number one super fan Stevie Nicks to not have one of her songs on this Midnight Sun playlist. The nerve. Hmm. The disrespect. Interesting. Huh. Why why do we have to pit women against each other? You know? <laughs> what? Yeah. Two queens against each other. (laughs) God. The last bit of current event news is an affront to me and me personally. Sure. 
Um, we've, we talked about, I don't remember if it was last episode, but two episodes, I'm pretty sure, we talked about an update on the book tour. So the Olympian, um, and the author of this too, Molly Gilmore, was talking about, like, obviously this book tour that's going to be happening because one of those is here in Washington. Mm -hmm. And I falsely assumed that she was doing this in Washington because, hi, this is where these books are. Sure. One one could safely make that assumption, you know? And that is there for (laughs) sure. Like, that exists. But also, I find out from Molly Gilmore that one of the other reasons is that Stephanie Meyer has a home here in Washington. And so she chose that because it fits for the setting, but also so that she doesn't have to do, like, air travel right now. Sure. Ma'am, where do you live? Just (laughs) turn your ad on, I swear to God. (laughs) Why? Why? I thought you were all like, oh, brown is my favorite color. It's the energy of me. Like, hello, what are you doing here? If you could airdrop one thing to Stephanie Meyer from your oh, home. Oh, my God. <laughs> what would it be? <laughs> uh, since apparently our Xbox capabilities has is able to span miles to plug into other people's. Yeah. Like, uh, that is a fantastic question. Thank you. I'm so glad that you asked this. I feel like the only option is one of my personal favorite memes. And it is a close-up of Ronald McDonald. And on this close-up, in mm-hmm. yellow Comic Sans, it says, just about McFucking had it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a mood. And I feel like those <laughs> really speak volumes for my relationship <laughs> with this woman who will not let me die. Yeah, she won't let you die and she won't let you live. No. <laughs> it's just, what the fuck? Um, now, what would you send, Miss Meyer? Oh my god, I don't know. I didn't think of an answer to my own question. You asked it. I know, but you live there. You, <laughs> that's true. It, it's a hypothetical that you could apply to your life. I feel like inspired by last week's episode, I would send a photo yes. of Sparkle, or Sprinkle the Sparkly Penguin, and be like, is this Edward, yes or no? Does this give off Edward vibes? Was this your inspiration? Alternate. That is same feeling, but a different vibe. Um, I would send her that Six Flags commercial of (gasps) the old man dancing. Yes, absolutely. That feels like her right now, just watching us all flounder. So that's, that's where I'm at. I just want to know where she lives. And not to, like, do anything, but just Mm. so that I can stay away. You know? Right, sure. I just have so many thoughts. Do you know who also has a lot of thoughts? Our fantastic patrons. Boing, boing, boing. They have some questions for us. Um, would you like to read our first question? Absolutely. Uh, this is from Katie. Hello. Who asks, Did you also vividly remember the part of Partial Draft where the middle-aged receptionist is so horny for Edward, who she believes is 16, and has to continually remind herself that he's too young? Because I did and was just as shocked it made the final cut. Okay, and I know that we'll get into this in like a couple of minutes, but Mm -hmm. the amount, it surprised me so much that in these first two chapters, they are almost word for word 
from that partial draft. Yeah. And the fact that this part was included, haunting. Hate it. Truly, like, no one just, like, gave it a glance and was like, hey, Maybe this, not though? that. Maybe not this one, you know? Especially when, like... We got 650 other pages of stuff in here. I don't think we need this one, you know? Yeah. Like, this one? <laughs> Do we <laughs> Stephanie! Can we spare this one? I just... I hate the idea that she assumes this woman, this older woman, would not be able to look, like, do her job. Sure. First of all. Second of all, the idea that she would look, like, is Stephanie unaware of how often power dynamics are used in a school environment that she decided, like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, like, I'm, like, totally for the Me Too movement, but I'm gonna keep this in here. Mm. What? Stephanie? A 16-year... I mean, he's not 16. But, like, he looks 17. So, mm -hmm. knock it off. I hate that. <laughs> um, we have a, a question here from Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Who says... They were just about... She said... I just glitched for a second. Um, Aaron says, I'm just about to crack this book open, and I'm both terrified and excited. Some of my favorite bits of the Twilight Saga came from the moments where the Coolins were just hanging out and being a silly vampire family. You know, a silly vampire family? Just like a silly uh, little vampire just family. Just like a silly, quirky little family. <laughs> and Aaron asks, are you both hoping for any moments like this? What deep Cullen family lore, if any, do you think that we'll get from this? Hmm. So, my initial answer to the first question is obviously yes. I do love this this quirky little family that they right. have. Yes. It's very cute. I do like their dynamics, totally. Me too. And I think that it is, just from what I've seen so far, it is nice to be able to see and just learn more about the family. Yeah. Because as totally. we talked about for years, when we were going over this initial, the initial five and a half books, is that the side characters are way more intriguing than our main characters. And so to get more backstory on Carlisle and Esme and Alex and Jasper and Emmett and Rosalie, I think is way more intriguing than what we can assume is happening in Edward's brain. Right. A hundred percent. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then we have some commentary from Nikki here, but I think that it would do us justice to talk about it while we're... Yeah, totally. ...in the, in the chapters. Um... So, initial thoughts from you about getting this tome in your hands. <laughs> this this heavy-ass tome. That we had sent to us. Right. Should be First noted. of all, for the record, we may or may not have gotten special copies. <laughs> <laughs> not, the, not special as in there's anything different about them, but the fact that we did not pay for them. That is it. That's it. We did not we did not pay for them. You we are not pay for correct. them. We're not getting paid at all. Uh, if anyone this. thinks <laughs> yeah, right. that 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 Stephanie's team would hear this Could information one, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that. Right. But second of all, yeah. that they would listen to this and be like, you know what? Actually, this does support our brand. We will Let's sponsor this. <laughs> now, I have said this so many times that I can be bought, and I can. Yes. We we're not 
in this context. I don't think we were going to make the cut. I didn't sign shit. No. Uh, but we got them in the mail, and that was we very did. fun. Uh, we also got the press release for this We did get the bit, press release. Which is very fun. It's weird. It's weird to be back in the saddle. It's weird to be back I in agree. their head. I will say, I don't remember much of OG draft from back in the day, because it's been a hot minute and I didn't revisit it because I'm bad at my job. <laughs> I have it linked in our I know. Shows. I know you are, like, in it. <laughs> I, have, I have been doing side by side Literally, I, I was like, I'm watching you just, like, read them both at the same time, line by line. <laughs> just like. But it doesn't feel starkingly different. No. From no, what I remember. And also, it feels so much not like a book. Does that make sense? Like, I Tell feel like the first... It's, I think this is mostly a, a problem with the first chapter. But the way this book is set up with Edward's perspective, it is so monologue to a weird extent. Like, yes. I checked. The first time he talks to a person out loud is page 18. Hey, folks. Welcome <laughs> to Edward's brain. <laughs> there are 18 pages where Edward is just in his brain. And he, like, talks maybe once or twice to Alice in that time. But the majority of that is just him observing things and not interacting with anyone. Nope. Abella uh, is very monologue totally. But she's also yeah, she's a talking to people because she's a person. And she right. talks to yeah, and she cannot read people's minds. Once he's actually talking to people, it feels better, like, flow-wise. But, like, the first 20 fucking pages are like, where the fuck are- what is happening? This is Exposition City. I know all of this. We all know this. I agree. And the thing that fucked me up the most about that, too, is that this is not a quick read. No. Let's just say that. She's a dense read. <laughs> but I agree. I think that- I I fully expected, like, it's Edward, we're gonna have a lot of inner conflict and a lot of inner monologue here because he's a Gemini, but also he hates himself, like most Geminis. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> however, what, I think for me, what surprised me the most about these first two chapters is that they are the same yeah. as Partial Draft 4. <laughs> And that is unnerving to me that it has been over a decade since this leaked. And she was like, yeah, fuck it. I know they've already read these first two chapters. Screw them. Yeah. Fit to print. <laughs> <laughs> like, and no one, and no one in her literary team was like, hey, Steph, uh, <laughs> so glad that you wrote these. Um, yeah. Just a few minor notes for you. Right. Could you not? I. Instead full hard believe and i've said this before i don't think either she doesn't have any fucking editors or nobody is willing to challenge her on anything because she is so powerful i agree i i don't know that people are able to say no to her and that is worse like somehow there, there is no way i can you imagine being or fresh-faced editorial assistant at little brown and being like Hey, Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> I, I have some notes. I have a couple notes. <laughs> I have some questions. If you could just, like, get back to me on that. If you could just, like, I don't know, like, just, like, a couple, like, just, like, consistency questions or, like, maybe grammatical questions or just, like, you know, just something I, I you know, as a reader, 
right maybe you could look at you know and also it's been like a long time it's been like a decade you know something might want to revisit could you imagine saying those words i would i would shit my pants i couldn't do it i would just be like nope this is good this is good just (laughs) let it go see i have no fear to do that that's true because I don't know that in the moment Stephanie would do anything. I know that she would do something afterwards. Oh, um, sure. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I have to hope that there is a literary assistant that she has somewhere. Maybe just as scared. And that's fair. But if I was that literary agent, I would have been like, Hey, Stephanie, so glad that you got these in <laughs> just a couple notes. Um, could you... Control F on your document and see how many times you said mummered. Um, and just not. Yeah. Instead. I would say if there's if there's more than one, too many. I agree. <laughs> Knock it out. And yet we we continue, you know? Yeah. What I will say is that one of the things that's been very helpful for me during this reading process is a annotated table of contents um, that someone on Twitter posted. Um, It's on our Twitter account, but it's also, it's from Twilight underscore Phase. And one of the things they did that I found very helpful, and it might be helpful for those of you that are reading this too, um, is what they did is they looked at all of the chapters that are in Midnight Sun, compared them to Twilight so that you were able to see side by side, like what was the accompanying chapter name from Mm -hmm. Twilight. Um, marked which ones were the same, and then also showed which ones were new that did not exist in that. Yeah. I find it very helpful. Um, and just the so investigative work here. Immaculate. Yes. And to do it in pen, too. The replies to this tweet are so funny because they're all just like, You wrote in it? <laughs> like, how dare you write in this book? You defaced our <laughs> precious holy book. <laughs> I find it helpful, um, but it it didn't surprise me at all to find out that these first two chapters were nearly the exact same as when we read them a couple years ago. However, I do think that it's necessary to look at them. Um, It would be an injustice if we just skipped over these. So, the first chapter, First Sight, and the second chapter of our open book, both of which have the same names in Twilight. Mm -hmm. And I can't say, like, one, I can't say I was surprised because I've read these chapters in Midnight Sun several times. But it's just so long is the thing that really got to me. Yeah. It's, they are very long. It was, I think what took me by surprise throughout most of this one is the fact that there was just a lack of dialogue which i assumed because it's edward but also just right off the bat him just being like fuck this place fuck everything around i got no friends (laughs) i'm not like other guys (laughs) i'm i'm different (laughs) just really caught me off guard I like um, Lincoln Park and no one else. <laughs> and no one else, just just Lincoln Park. Were there any parts of this first chapter that caught you by surprise or interested you? I feel like that whole first scene with the um, science lab or whatever, Absolutely. that whole moment felt like way longer here. Because he's oh, I agree. fully having a panic attack. <laughs> 
<laughs> and like, I yeah, I do agree with Stephanie that this is a very anxious boy. Very anxious boy. Just overthinking everything. Truly. At all like, times. It's honestly kind of like wild as a reader being like is this actually happening or is he just really psyching himself out and creating really weird universes in which something happens and then like snaps back it's like very jarring because he'll just be like as soon as like that waft of fucking strawberry shampoo comes in he's like (laughs) wee 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 i gotta get out of here mayday this is so bad oh no He's like, I, I'm thinking my whole life, I gotta, I gotta kill her, or I gotta go. I gotta. <laughs> Meanwhile, like two seconds of time has happened, and she's like, "Do you what? <laughs> Can I?" She's like still tripping, right? Onto the death. She and hasn't even like, made it to her chair, and he he's has, like, "Here are six ways that I can rip this woman's jugular out of her throat. Right? I can like, kill all these people. Right? It's like, could I get away with killing her? Get a couple seconds to like kill everyone else, or book it." And make sure nobody even knew I was here. And it's like, I mean, she's still just like slowly in slow motion just walking to the chair. <laughs> it's like, exactly. It's like 20 pages of that. It's like, what? Yes, I agree. Most of this is the exact same from Partial Draft 4. Yeah. Like, we get the we get the scene of them sitting in the cafeteria, him looking, like, glaring, really, <laughs> at Bella, not being able to hear her voice. You know, Emmett, as he did in the movie, he doesn't actually have this in here, but Emmett has his fucking bag of eggs that he's not <laughs> eating. It's uh, so haunting. I, it's all I can think about. Yeah. After after seeing that confirmed, and, like, I remembered it, but nothing, nothing too much, and just now knowing that, like, this boy had half a dozen fucking hard-boiled eggs just in a bag. Just at the ready. And he wasn't even, like, eating them. He was just... Touching them, caressing the hard There's never been a more concrete example of the Mandela effect at work than that (laughs) fucking image. I agree. It's like, did we all just forget, or are we in a different universe? I it it something happened across the streams. There's no way. (laughs) What I will say is there. There are quite a few reasons why I like returning back to Edward's side of things. Mm -hmm. One is, yes, he's an incredibly anxious boy. But he is very clear throughout all of this of, like, I should not be doing this. This is wrong. And that helps. (laughs) Like, it, it makes it a little bit easier to know that, like, he... Out of all of the people in the world that hate Edward Cullen, he is at the top of that list. Yes, number one. (laughs) Um... And later on, it does get a little bit easier because he, Edward and I have a lot of things in common. Um, (laughs) Two of which are, we're both Geminis and we both hate Mike Newton so much. Yeah. And it is just nice to get back into that head. Right. No, that's fair. Solidarity, you know. (laughs) It's just, it's just helpful. You know, that someone understands. Like, Edward Cullen is number one fan of the Fuck Mike Newton Club and it just is helpful for me mm-hmm. to be in that headspace. There's just not a lot different about this one. Like, yeah. And I think that was the main thing that while I was reading this just shocked me is that there, that this chapter had no notes <laughs> and just went straight forward into publishing. Yeah. Um, what I will say is that 
during all of these scenes of Edward visualizing how he's going to kill Bella and all of her classmates in this science class, um, the and this will be a recurring thing in this book, is that Edward's main grounding technique before he falls in love with Bella is that Carlisle is that grounding for him. Ugh. And Same. <laughs> if I... I have never related more. Yeah. I get it. Um, I get it. He's a calming presence, you know? He is. I feel and held I, by him. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of people that want to or do feel held by Carlisle Cohen. Sure. The other thing that I loved about this scene, uh, loved is a big word, um, <laughs> is the amount that... Edward is just looking at Bella, but, like, side-eyeing her, being like, fuck you, I can't believe this, I was already, like, having a really bad day, I don't like this school, and just, like, absolutely projecting all of this stuff onto her. Right. Whereas Bella, if y'all remember from the first chapter of Twilight, like, does not want to be there. Yeah. Does not like everyone talking to her. Yeah, hates all the attention. Right. And now she's got someone who is incapable of not giving her attention. You hate it. Yeah. There is a lot of glaring and a lot of blushing in this. Um, And we, in both of these chapters, we get two unnamed CDs. So after the, after the bio moment, Edward leaves, he skips his Spanish class and he goes into his car to play a CD that he says usually calms him. Why? No mention. Why are we letting that slide? Why are we not... Let's get specific, Steph. Listen, we're let's, not letting it slide. Let's get specific, Steph. Because, like, you're it? not shy about this. You've made it yeah. very clear what music you're into. And just slash, name it. What? Name just, it. like, drop Stephanie. it. Come on. Just don't be shy. Just... <laughs> Like, what What calms Edward down? Is it piano, like most of us assume? Sure. Is it just dolphins yelling? <laughs> like, what is it? It's Yeah, it's just pure ocean sounds. <laughs> it's like whale songs. Just some, just some real homey oh shit. Oh my god. And like, too, this happens later, too, where he like gets in the car again and is like huffing and puffing and he's like, I'm gonna put on like, I don't know if it was, like, angry music or, like, yes, aggressive music or something. Yeah, it was angry music. It's like, just, you can say, you can say. Just say it. Just, just say it. it it's okay. It's okay. You're going to get sued now? <laughs> when you're at your most powerful? <laughs> right. Who what are you going to lose? Of, Who are you afraid of? No one. Here's my thought. Maybe, in both of those cases, a CD that calmed him and an angry CD were both my Chemical Romance, and the only person, the only group of people that Stephanie is afraid of yeah. is MCR. Right, it's true. Ugh. So maybe that's what needed to happen. Um, as with the first chapter, last time he goes in, tries to change his class, can't do it, because it's March. Like, I don't know what you want me to right. tell. <laughs> like, yeah. you can't just do that. And, of course, Bella was there, just like it did before, He's all pissy about it, goes into his car with all of his family there, and Alice is trying to reassure him, like, it'll be fine. Right. Um, please don't kill Bella. The only person that she has here is Charlie. It will break him apart. And he's like, ugh, I guess, fine. 
Um, so that's great. Um, chapter two is one of, I think is where it actually starts to get good here. Finally, after 30 oh, pages. It's about time. <laughs> and that's mainly because Edward is being a bitch baby. He runs off to Alaska and we get, we get some Tanya in the situation. Bless her heart. Right. Um, she's back. She's here. And it's just, she's just, listen, she is in the snow, doing cannonballs, trying to get Edward to relax for <laughs> one moment. And he's like, Tanya, this is serious business. I can't believe you. <laughs> Don't you think about my feelings? Stop trying to fuck me, Tanya. Yeah. I'm going through this right now. I know you're super hot and ethereal and like we have history, but also like, I can't stop thinking about this fucking human girl, man. I can't. Leave me alone. So, Edward, being his typical emo self, is yeah. just, has his chin to his knees, holding those knees, in a, a pile of snow, in the dark, in Alaska. <laughs> like, while, where's Bella's like, damn, I wonder where that guy went. He really did hate me, huh? Yeah. It's like, was he sick or something? He's kind of gone for a couple days. Meanwhile, he's having a full breakdown in Alaska. <laughs> Like, Jesus Christ, Edward. Could you imagine if you just had that, like, in your roster to just, like, go and have a place to just scream, you know? And, like, what deal I would with your shit? Give, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, honestly, I envy it. And he doesn't even, like, scream in this. He's just, like, crying softly. Yeah, it's not I the mean, same. vampires can't cry, but, like, if he could cry, he would be just crying into the snow. And... <laughs> You're not utilizing this scream place effectively, Edward Right. Come on. We can do it better, you know? Yeah. Invite us in next time. We'll do a scream. Give me me one chance to disassociate in the Alaskan snow. One time. Yeah. I'll show you what it's done. (laughs) I'll show you what pure peace could be like if you want it. (laughs) If you want to see a breakdown, Edward Cullen, I'll show you a breakdown. (laughs) I'm not scared. Um, But eventually, like, after six days, he finally goes back. Uh, to school because he just like really cares about his grades yeah. um and this is when the, a lot of I mean as usual like Rosalie at this point is like I don't see what the point is you're overreacting Emmett doesn't care he's still got his eggs Jasper only cares because Alice cares but he finally goes back to school into their bio class that they share together mm-hmm. um and this is the part where he actually starts to talk to Bella for the first time. Because if y'all remember, it's the golden onion scene. Ugh. Bless uh, her heart. Um, and the, what amazes me about this um, is, again, one, how similar it is. Um, and he's trying not to, like, focus on killing her because he's like, well, Carlisle would disapprove of that. He won't tell me he's disappointed, but he'll feel it. And that's the same thing. But then they end up talking. Um, and I feel like this conversation more than most has been discussed quite often. I think that there are some benefits to be able to see it from his side, mainly just how much he's trying to like keep it together, not break his lab table like right. he did last time. <laughs> I had to get a goddamn hole in the wall. He's just, that man loves to break wood. Listen. And that's not effective for no. anyone. Not a you know great what, coping strategy, Edward, my dude. It isn't. It's One, it's not a great coping strategy, but also, Edward, 
you're in a public school <laughs> in a small town. Yeah. You're not going to be the one to clean this up, but you're also not going to be the one to replace this table, sir. That's true. So just respect your 80-year-old lab tables that you're bringing right. here. <laughs> yeah. They're fragile. Yeah. But they get the job done. They do get the job done. Um, what also gets the job done is how much tension is between Bella and Edward during this scene, this lab that they are in, um, and how much he is just absolutely shocked when she's like, um, I need to look over your slides because I don't think that you're doing this right. And I appreciate that a lot, that Bella was very confident her Virgo self just needed to get it done effectively. Yeah. I, she just wants to have a good impression here. He's not focusing on anything. I think, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in that chapter that really surprised me. We get the contacts conversation. Yes. uh, (laughs) Which Bella, astute as always. Just the fact that he's so shocked that she just pays attention to things. Just to, to anything. Like, is hey, unreal. hey, bud, how low is your bar? Because that's, are you good? Like, are you okay? And I understand that he's used to humans not making eye contact with him yeah. or his family because they, don't they are me. naturally afraid. <laughs> and they don't understand They don't him. understand me. Um, it's so hard to be a vampire. But I feel... <laughs> The bar is very low here for Bella that one, that a week ago, she noticed his eyes were literally black. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And now he comes back after six days and they are a golden brown. Yeah. I, listen, Bella is astute. Right. However. But also that's a pretty easy observation to make. Especially if you, the most of your interactions have been making direct eye contact and constant eye contact. Exactly. Like, come on, bud. And so after this, he's like, fuck this. I can't, I can't be around her anymore. And so he goes, and that's when he sits in his car and plays his, quote, CD of violent music, which, whatever, Edward, I'm so over you. Yeah. Um, And the chapter ends with Bella going out to her car, um, almost hitting one of her other classmates, and Edward cackling over it. Because how dare she think that she's in a car that's strong. Yeah. Great. Love Great. it. Edward. <laughs> um, it, he also mentions in a lot of this, especially in chapter two of like, there's like an angel and a devil on my shoulder and I just don't know what to do. Um, it, I'm excited to be discussing chapters that we have not already. Right. Read. Some fresh Maybe some new content. stuff. Ooh. Interesting. Some of that new shit. Yeah. Um, I think this would be a good time to talk about Mickey's comment oh, yes, to us. Absolutely. Um, would you like to read that? Yes, I would. Um, okay. Uh, Mickey says, Edward is just as broody as I expected him to be. But these are my highlights so far. One, Edward blasting angsty music in his car anytime he gets stressed. Two. Yep. Run, Edward running away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, Edward running away and hiding in his car. Three, Tanya's snow cannonball? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Four, Edward being buried in snow after said cannonball. Five, Emma being supportive bro saying, just do it to Edward wanting to kick Bella, to kill Bella. <laughs> 
six, Edward describing Belle's face as better than being beautiful. Her face was unexpected. What does that mean? He doesn't say what what's does unexpected about it. And seven, the car crash was a lot funnier from Edward's perspective. Him being like, what the fuck? This man keeps wrapping around and trying to hit Bella, even though I'm swimming. <laughs> Even though I'm swinging her around trying to dodge the damn thing. Oh my I god. I cannot wait to. I, and I know that the car crash uh, was in the par, in partial draft four. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just very excited to get to that because I do remember that from the partial draft. Him being like, I keep throwing this woman around, <laughs> and yet the van keeps coming. What the fuck? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> I do think I was gonna bring up that um that comment about him being like. Oh, yeah, she's not, like, beautiful, <laughs> but, like, she's yeah, unexpected. What the fuck? It's so strange, and, like, he's hearing everyone's thoughts, and everyone's obviously talking about Bella, because there's nothing else to talk about in, <laughs> in Forks High School. They're just exactly. like, who the fuck is this person? And then, uh, you know, Jessica's obviously like, why does everyone think she's so fucking hot? And then everyone's like, she's so fucking hot. And Edward's just like, I mean, like, listen, beautiful? I don't know about that. Unexpected? beauty and then just like lists a bunch of random attributes is like her face is wide and she's got big eyes and like like, it's so weird it's like you can tell he's trying to be nice but it's not nice it's just like weird observations being like you're not classically and traditionally beautiful like we are conditioned to believe what beauty is but the way i will describe your beauty is not at all complimentary at any capacity regardless Mm -hmm. of that it's like what hello and if i remember correctly from partial draft four which i have read an obscene amount of times yeah um is that just mere chapters on Uh he's he explains to her like oh no i could never be attracted to rosalie uh yeah she's like conventionally beautiful but you're the most beautiful (sighs) thing i've ever seen in my whole life and it's like bitch you just said come on you just said that she was unexpected Lean yeah. into that. If she's not like other girls, yeah. like, what are you talking what? about? Oh my god, speaking of Rosalie, the one of the better parts, but also very sad <laughs> parts from the beginning, was that he literally said that Rosalie and Emmett were just head empty. Like, with, his, with his whole chest he said that. He was <laughs> like, he was like, yeah, Rosalie could be beautiful, but she's literally thinking about nothing, ever. There's nothing going on in her brain. And Emmett, too, they're just dumb as rocks. It's like, hey, Edward, we're on page, like, five of this. What the fuck, dude? Why do you say that you love your family, but you hate them? <laughs> this is how we're introducing your loving, dear family that you say you love. It's like... Yeah, nothing. Nothing going on in there. I hated that so much. So it's on page nine, yeah. and it says, quote, if Rosalie's mind was a stagnant pool, then Emmett's almost a lake with no shadows, glass clear. <laughs> it's, such, it's such a sick burn. That is the 2005 version of Head Empty, No Thoughts, Brain Smooth. She prophesied that, oh my god, no thoughts, smooth brain. Just a lake. (laughs) A lake with no reflection. What 
what I would give to be an immortal, to be able to think at and hold like 17 different things in my head at once and choosing with my whole heart to having a blank slate in there. I pay so much money and I take so many pills to just have a head empty, no thoughts. And mostly and Emmett are able to do it with zero effort. Oh God, the dream. God, I wish that it were really me. is. <laughs> I just want to sit. I want to be buried under snow, head empty, no yeah. thoughts. Is that so hard? Apparently. Yeah. The answer is apparently. Yeah. Oh. So next week, um, we get into chapters three and four. Fuck yeah. Which are risks and visions. Um, and one of those is a new chapter. Whoa. So we'll have that new, new. Um, to talk about and not just rehashing the same things that we've talked about for the past three years. Yeah. We have an amazing selection of patrons. Fuck yeah, we do. And it feels only appropriate to circle back on the Midnight Sun playlist. (laughs) Our dear friend. (laughs) Our dear friend and dear foe, the Midnight Sun playlist, um, and give you one of these songs from here. Would you like to start, Cody? Absolutely. Shout out to Carrie Goldberg. Who's gonna be down in it by Nine Inch Nails. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to Mickey Meyer. Who is going to be the didgeridoo by the Apex Twin. Hello. Because what the fuck is a didgeridoo anyways? It's a great question. No one really can know. Shout out to Maggie Quinn. Pew, 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 pew. Who's gonna be Crooked Ways by Margin City Soundtrack? Wow. Yeah. You get the new new. That new new. Hot off the presses. <laughs> Alright, shout out to Katie Weber. Boing, boing, boing. Who's going to be Ocean of Noise by Arcade Fire? Nice. Shout out to Zoe Steele. Pew, pew, pew. Who's gonna be. How to Disappear Completely by Radiohead. <laughs> okay, bye. Uh, shout out to Rebecca Cullen. Boing, 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 boing. Who is going to be uh, Not the One by Collective Soul. Nice. Shout out to Elizabeth Swan. Who's going to be maybe my favorite title out of all of these. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. I love it. By spiritualized. Uh, shout out to Amy Taylor. Boing, boing, boing. Who is going to be First Day of My Life by Bright Eyes. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Little on the nose, Stephanie. Sure. Maybe a bit too too much. But I expect But we don't know her from, for subtlety, so. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Malt Gray. Mulch. <laughs> Who's gonna be Ice Dance by Danny Elfman? Jesus Christ. The man. Put a full ass score in here. Just from, like, from the Edward Scissorhand score. Like, Stephanie, we get it. Read the we room. We get it. Can we? Come on. <laughs> I had an amazing thought right now. Yes. That one of these times we should read the patrons out in auto tune. Because I feel like that would be funny. Oh, that'd be very fun. <laughs> I don't even know how to do auto-tune. We'd figure it out. Yeah. Um, shout out to Taylor oh, Brown. Yeah. Town. Yes. Lautner. Okay. Who's going to be the titular Claire de Lune. 
by Debussy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I didn't realize until I was actually looking at this, but Debussy, I'm sorry to say, has bussy in his name. I just, <laughs> literally, every time I see it on a playlist, I'm like, Debussy. <laughs> He's got, his name is of bussy? What? <laughs> I have brain worms. My brain is <laughs> rotting. I, I just want an empty, please God. I want to have an empty. I got too many thoughts and they're all poison. It's all bussy. I can't. I can't it's do It's all bussy. <laughs> Oops, all bussy. No. <laughs> Oops, all bussy. Oh, no. I hate it. Oh, God. Kelly Beck. Sorry, Kelly. Sorry for just a a horrible intro. Um, But you're going to be Demons by Dry the River. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to Aaron Salinger. Who's going to be... I mean, we got to do it. You're turning page by Sleeping at Last. Got to do it to him. Got to do it to him. Congrats. Shout out to Sophia. Salinger. Who's gonna be Map the Problematique by Muse. Wow. Baby. Wow. Um, shout out to Sophia Salinger. Who's going to be I don't think you've done this one. You might have Blood Hands by Royal Blood. I don't think I have. Just a lot of blood. Blood. Oops, all blood. Oops, all blood. (laughs) Shout out Dana Kavanaugh. Wow. Who's gonna be? Thank you, Donna. Who's gonna be? Pledging My Love by Johnny wow. Ace and Johnny Otis. Well, wow. what a playlist, you know what I mean? What, hit after hit, you know? So, I have a fan fiction for you today. Um, before I can start it, though, could you choose four numbers for me between 1 and 101? Oh my god, we love a game. Um, it's game time, these Yeah. Nine, twenty-seven, seventy-five, okay, ninety-nine. Okay. Um, so I now have those four numbers for you. The fan fiction I'm going to read today is 101 Things the Colons Are Not Allowed to Do. Oh, very good. Um, and this is by, uh, this is by EF0818, Hale Colon. Fantastic. Um, and it was published... In July, late July of 2009. So, this is a list of things the Colon kids and Jacob can't do. It's funny, or so I think. Oh, boy. So, number nine off of this list is, it is absolutely forbidden to say Carlisle is Sherlock Holmes. Number 27 on this list is... I'm so glad you chose this one. <laughs> calling the, call, Number 27. Calling the author of Interview with a Vampire and saying that vampires don't have fangs is rude. Number 75 oh, is God. write a letter to the Volturi telling Heidi that Rosalie is prettier than her, even though it's true. Very and good. <laughs> last but not least of things that the Colons cannot do is don't... And this is a little on the nose, folks. Don't name Edwards Aston Martin the Batmobile just because it's black. Oh, my God. <laughs> Prophesized from 2009. We will be back next week to talk about new shit for once. Fuck yeah. Very excited. So um, excited. But 
as we say here in the Olympic Peninsula, get bit, get whipped, woo, <laughs> Into the Twilight is an Earbud Media production. Our theme music is by Eli Krauss, and our artwork is by Maddie Padilla. Follow the show on Twitter at Into the Twilight and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash into the twilight. Send us an email or a fanfiction at into the twilight show at gmail.com. You can find Allie at Into Wild Places and me at Cody Crow. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.